Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The NBA is coming back. A lot of people are excited about that. There are concerns. And so let's put it all into one place. This is All Things NBA Restart. As always, Ahmed Freed here, joined by my friends Jack Collinsworth, Corey Robinson. I know you guys are pumped to talk about the NBA. Corey, I know you're pumped to hey, talk about this topic. This is, this is my dream topic. Last week yeah. was baseball for you. This week is basketball yeah. for me. <laughs> this is it we just passed the baton and then jack gets to talk about uh football at some uh at some later date we've already done that for jack yes i've been known um, as the bubble boy for a long time so now the bubble boy gets to talk about the bubble it's gonna uh, be a good, good show so, so let's get right into just some of the details first then we'll get into the concerns that the players are raising both uh from a health and safety standpoint and if it detracts from the black lives matter movement um here are the details though from Shams, and this is the nuts and bolts. Try to get going with the end of the regular season, eight games for just 22 teams here. There's not the whole NBA invited to this bubble in Orlando, Florida, Disney World. It's just 22 teams that had at least an outside shot of making the playoffs. We'll play those eight regular season games. They got this new play-in tournament for the eight seed and the nine seed, and so the eight seed will have a little bit of an advantage in that series, Nine seed has to win a couple games to advance to the regular uh, tournament style playoffs, but that's a new little addition in this bubble. You see the playoffs begin there mid August. Um, after the first round, players can invite some family and guests for the first time inside the bubble. Um, you see when the conference semifinals and then the NBA finals looking like end of September mid to early October. So that is the plan. Super ambitious to try to figure out something to put together here, Corey. I'll start with you. What do you think of the NBA's uh, plan here just from a nuts and bolts standpoint? I think that the NBA has done a phenomenal job trying to combat so many different forces in the world that were completely unforeseen, right? The, the season being suspended in March. Um, huge props to Adam Silver and his staff. Um, I love the work that they've done, and, and I think that they've been very thoughtful and methodical in their approach to restarting basketball. It obviously won't be a perfect solution. It will never be a perfect fit, but this is about as perfect as you can get, right? The only issue now that I see is, and I think Jackson bring this up, is um, what happens if a player tests positive? What happens? Because I know COVID is starting to spike in that region. Like, what's going to happen then? I think that's the only question that I have. And I think that knowing Adam Silver, he probably already thought through that and has and has contingency plans. But for any basketball fan, like this is a dream. Yeah, I think you still you still have a lot of time. That's that's one of the big things we keep coming back to is that we're sitting at June 16th right now. We still have a month and almost a month and a half until anything's really gonna happen. And a lot's gonna change between now and then. And, and I think we we a lot of times are acting like it's gonna start tomorrow and it's not. It's gonna be a lot of time. And, and a lot of guys are pointing a finger at Kyrie or Dwight, uh, people who are not a, 
all in on this plan. And I don't know that, you know, I necessarily would be off the bat. So you think about going for three months and being isolated and in the Disney bubble down there. And I mean, it's like world, wide world of sports. I mean, they're going to have them staying in, in a Disney themed room. And I, mean, I, I just like, how does this play out? And then I think the WNBA has a, a much better idea of, you know, being able to bring in visitors and quarantine the visitors and I'm sure test the visitors and, and adding a social element to this so that people can still uh, keep some sense of uh, sanity as we go through. And, and I, so far, I think the NBA probably is putting themselves in a position with this still month and a half that remains to add in some of those elements to really try to keep the players uh, happy uh, when it, when it comes to being off the court as well. Yeah. We can get into that because I think that's one of the first things that people think about. Okay. You want to do it for safety reasons, put everyone in a bubble. Will it actually be a bubble? We'll get into that a little bit later too. But uh, this idea that to separate yourself from the rest of the world society for 30 days for some teams, it'll be 60 days. And if you make it all the way to the NBA finals, it could be as many as 82 days. And mm -hmm. so is that, is that something that we should be asking of other people? And I, I tend to think, and I, th I think it is hard and I've, I've done it not to that extent, but um, covering two Olympics for NBC sports, the Rio Olympics in 2016, I was living in California at the time. They flew me to Connecticut. And so I stayed in a hotel, I think for 23 or 24 days. And a lot of my coworkers did the same thing, even if they were local. And so it's, I'll, I'll be honest with you. That was difficult. You get about halfway through, you get to about day 14 and you're, you're thinking, Oh my gosh, I don't want to see these hotel walls anymore. <laughs> it, so it's a legit thing. And I totally yeah. understand but at the same time, we all know that this is such a strange year and this is 2020 and we hope this is a one time occurrence. And so if you're going to tell me that, oh, this is what we're doing every year, every year I'm isolated from my family for 80 days. I don't think I'm going to sign yeah, up no for shot. that. Yeah, but if you I, tell me if it's Corey, yeah, if it's just one year, um, I think I can suck it up and try to get through an NBA NBA playoffs, especially if there's a lot of money on the line for me and, and my family. Yeah, and I think you, you hit it right on the head, right? As the great Luther Vandross once said, a hotel is not a home, right? Even if you're at Disney World, which is a, anyone's dream, it's still not going to be the same as having your own bed and your own kind of creature comforts. 100%. Um, especially for three months or two months or whatever. But I do think that the players understand that, you know, making sure that safety is obviously the, the number one priority, if that's covered then there will be sacrifices that will need to be made. And if that's not, you know, hanging out with your girlfriend or your best friends for a couple weeks, um, then in order to play basketball, I think that's what people are willing to do. It's yeah. going to be such a wild dynamics. You're going to have these guys competing for an NBA championship and then just, you know, walking past each other on basically the college campus. I mean, they're going to be yeah. classmates almost. Like if you think about it in that context, they're almost classmates. And then instead of going to practice together, they're going to go compete for the biggest championship in the basketball world. Uh, so there's going to be all those interesting dynamics that are going to play here. And, and I have no problem with anybody, anybody. And I thought Sil Silver did a nice job of this last night, uh, just saying that this isn't for everybody. It's not going to be. I think the majority of players are going to play. And I, who was it, Beverly, that said, you know, if LeBron James is playing, that we're going to be hooping. Yeah. Um, and it is such a superstar league, even to the point where that if let's say that LeBron was the person who was taking Kyrie's stance, I don't think that there would be an NBA playoffs. But given the fact that, you know, Kyrie is coming back from an injury, uh, the Brooklyn Nets are not going to win the NBA championship regardless. Uh, I don't think it's going to stop anything if Kyrie decides to not play or to not even show up for that matter. I think he should do whatever the heck he wants to and have no and feel no guilt whatsoever regardless. 
do whatever you want, Kyrie. Um, and, and I think he will do whatever he wants. And I think the NBA will still play. Yeah, let's get let's get into that because I don't even know that Kyrie is invited, an injured player. Their teams are trying to limit the a number of personnel, including players, coaches, trainers, to I think 35 uh, per team. So that would bring the total to about 800 people associated with the NBA who are going to be there. So they're trying to limit the numbers and injured players and players who are not going to play are not part of the picture uh, going into that bubble. Um, so this is another part of it. And this is what Kyrie is talking about, Corey, is that uh, you have the Black Lives Movement uh, super powerful right now, sweeping not only the country, but the world. You see protests in France and England and all over the place. And there are players that have been prominent in the middle of it. There you see Damian Lillard. There mm. are some players, Kyrie's saying this, that it takes away, that that playing NBA games right now is not necessary. And it takes away from people who may be out protesting who would then go inside and watch an NBA game instead of trying to make a difference in their community. Um it's a legitimate concern for some people, and I think it has it has some weight. Corey, what do you think? I think that if you um, – obviously, the players are allowed to do whatever they want, and if they don't want to play because of this reason, then that's, that's fine, you know, more power to them. But from my perspective, I don't understand why you would do that in the NBA because the NBA is probably one of the most progressive leagues in the world, right? Like Adam Silver is only mm -hmm. going to give you a, a megaphone to amplify your stance. If you were in a league that was combative towards this, you know, like we've seen the NFL be, then I would understand why you would say, okay, maybe I don't want to play. I don't want to detract. But right. knowing that Adam Silver is going to give you every opportunity before the game, you know, in media, like just normal, like media time in practice, uh, halftime interviews, post-game interviews, um, even when you get like the MVP for the NBA finals, like every opportunity along the way, holding the Larry O'Brien trophy, they're going to give you the mic. You're going to have a captive audience of people who are sports starved and you'll be able to bring this to their attention literally every single day. And even with the warm-ups, remember when they had the I Can't Breathe warm-ups a few years ago? You'll be mm -hmm. able to, to um, bring this to everyone's attention in so many different ways to make this a constant reminder. And then with the money you make, you can also reinvest that in communities. So from my perspective, I would play um, yeah. because I understand that this, you know, this is you could bring so much more. But I, I could totally understand where Kyrie and Dwight, you know, Howard and those guys are coming from if they choose not to. But but also think of the power of having LeBron and Chris Paul and Kawhi and all the greatest players in the world in one location uh, with the megaphone you're talking about. We were even talking before we came on the possibility of Adam Silver giving them the microphone for 10 minutes before the national anthem, before tip off, before whatever you want to say to just go open mic and talk about all of these issues. Uh, I mean, that is powerful, powerful stuff in front of what's going to be a massive television audience, uh, maybe bigger than the NBA has ever seen uh, until they ultimately get into September. And then you have competition with football, et cetera. And we don't know how that's going to play out. That's just something that we've just never seen before. Uh, but, but I think that the audience is going to be huge. But more than that, I think just the power structure of having everybody there together. And like we're saying, that almost that college campus feel and, and the direct access to the customer. So if these guys want to come up with some social media campaign or a digital campaign or a YouTube campaign or a YouTube show, they can do whatever they want within that bubble. And they're going to have so much time after basketball practice and after <laughs> these games yeah. to just to kill. And, and so within that time, I think that they'd have the ability to uh, to, to really get a, a loud and powerful message out that will be heard well beyond 2020, as it should be. And I, I think, that, that, yeah, go ahead, Corey. I was saying that, you know, the All-Star game this year was one of the few competitive games that we've seen in recent memory, right? But I think what Jack is talking about is honing into that college campus, almost like an All-Star weekend vibe or 
like the yeah. old all-star weekends of old or even like 92 dream team remember in the last that's what games, i was gonna say people God, were saying man. the most it's it yeah the most uh exciting part of that team was the practices right because you got good on good magic versus michael like these crazy matchups and i think if you have every single player that's the best in the world you have them in one location with coming off of that incredibly competitive all-star break you're going to have such a confluence of just excitement and competition that's going to pr produce such a beautiful television product so like all the eyes are going to be glued on that screen and like jack's saying you will have the opportunity to just say whatever you want to an unlimited platform so yeah from my perspective like you got to take advantage of that you, there's not that many times that you can say okay next door is lebron the door after him is Kawhi. the door after him is chris paul you know what i'm saying like yeah When's the, when's the next time you're going to have that many all-stars all in the same place for two months creating content with their media companies about this issue? It, that's it, Yeah, that's a good point. And that's something I hadn't previously thought about. Of, of of course, you think of the power of speaking out and using all your interview time to, to talk about the topics that you're passionate about. We've seen players do that in the past. Um, but to actually have the power of all the people together, that's an added benefit of this of this bubble. I think that's a... That's a really good point. I will say, because um, you know they haven't been playing NBA games here over the past month, I will say that they don't necessarily need that exposure to get out into the wide uh, mainstream. We've seen Damian Lillard um, protesting, and that has been widely circulated on the news and on social media. Here in the corner is Carl Anthony Towns. You can see uh, him with one of the George Floyd protests early on um, when this uh, all started. And this, like everything else, crosses over. Carl Anthony Towns, he is as, as crucial to be out there amongst his friends and family members and peers uh, to be fighting for a cause. Meanwhile, just a couple months ago, he lost his mother to uh, complications from coronavirus. And so it's kind of how it all this how this whole thing overlaps. And so I think you have to then, guys, get into the, the safety issue of it. And regardless of anything else, is it safe enough? I know you're trying to put teams into a bubble. Um, you can only do that so much. Um, can we do this to a point where it's actually safe? And I'll share one thing with you guys. Um, this was uh, from an ESPN article. Among concerns surrounding the league's return to play after a three-month shutdown in the midst of coronavirus pandemic, sources said the coalition is citing a surge in positive cases in Florida, conditions surrounding the restric restrictive environment in the bubble, insurance and liabilities for players based on possible illnesses that they may get that may have long-lasting effects and injuries in a truncated finish to the season that could hurt their earning power moving forward. These are legitimate concerns, and I don't think there's really an easy answer for them. Of all the leagues, though, I'm taking it in terms of just safety. If you had to go one to ten safety scales, I mean, I think the safest one – at least from the plans that I've heard and read and then listened to all the commissioners speak of last night, I think the NBA is the safest plan from a coronavirus standpoint. I mean, they're, they're going to be essentially zero fans in the stands. They're keeping them there. They're not taking plane rides. They're not taking bus rides. They're not traveling. And they're not having, you know, the possibility of going out in another city and then bringing that back to the team and then bringing that to the court and giving it to another team. And they bring that to another city. They're eliminating all those possibilities. And I, from what I'm seeing with, like, let's say the NFL plan, uh, you're going to have a lot of traveling going on. There's going to be a lot more variables that you are going to throw into the center of this ring. Uh, so from a safety standpoint, I think the NBA has has gone above and beyond and probably to a point where yeah, uh, when you start to look at the schedule and go, this is really what I'm doing for the next three months, it seems pretty miserable uh, from a player standpoint, but it, it does point to what they're trying to do from, from safety.
And it's funny because I think the players, like, you know, the players union um, signed, you know, said, we, we love this. We're going to go back to it. And then now all these players are starting to think about what does three months in quarantine look like? <laughs> you know, they're actually thinking about, wait a second, the world is opening back up again. You know, and I'm going to be the average age in the NBA last year, at least with their annual survey said was uh, 26. So imagine you have a whole bunch of 20 on average, 26 year olds who, you know, are just like stuck at home, stuck in their hotel room for three months while all their friends are going to restaurants and bars. I understand that this is their job, but it's really funny to think about like how the 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 quality of life is now factoring into whether we're going to restart or not. And before no one really it was just like, let's restart. And then no one actually thought to ask, will this be an enjoyable experience? <laughs> when the yeah. rest of the world is back to normal almost. So they're going, wait a minute. Now, yeah. I just got out of three-month quarantine. <laughs> now I'm going to be the only one that has to go back into quarantine while yeah. the rest of the world's normal? I don't know about all this. Well, you can argue the prudence of uh, of going back to normal across uh, across oh, the country. And and I would say, and I hope players don't don't verbalize that because I would just say, like I said before, suck it up right? Suck it up. This is three months at most. And then if you, if you have gone three months out of civilization, guess what? You're in the NBA finals, which is a pretty cool thing <laughs> in and of itself. Sure. So I hope they don't, they don't verbalize that because there's been so much loss around the world in this country, 40 million people without jobs, uh, over a hundred thousand people have died. And so this whole plan is because of all those things that have happened. So I hope that they can just suck it up and, and they can play by the rules because um, Jack, you, you mentioned it. The cases in Florida are rising in, in Orange County, um, especially in where this uh, where this is going to be in Orlando, where this is going to be. Um, that's a concern. And, and, and part of the problem and some teams have raised this concern, Jack, is that the Disney employees are not going to be in the bubble all the time. They're going to get to go home to their family and then and then come back into the bubble while they're in the bubble. They will have to wear masks and stay six feet apart from other people and they will be tested um, as well, not quite as frequently as the NBA players every day, but it, you can't have this this perfect bubble that does not let the virus in. There's going to be leaks, and they're going to have to just try to be as careful as possible. I guess so. I mean, I, again, I'm I'm going to go back to the fact that we have so much time. I mean, look at look at just look at the months on the bottom of the graph that you pulled up there, and you're we're getting us to June 15th. So let's let's say the less yeah. the rest of June spikes back up like this. There's an there's a there's a strong possibility that everything we're talking about here does not happen, period. Yeah. Uh, now, let's let's say that this goes all the way down and you have it almost where it's flat in Florida. Let's say that we go almost where it's flat in a lot of places and and things trend in a very positive direction for coronavirus. OK, so what does that mean? What does that mean? Are you still going to keep them all together for three months if it's if it seems almost extreme at that point, like an extreme quarantine, like you're going too far with regard to safety is are we now going to have to walk that back? So I just think you know, it's one thing to have these plans, probably plans that we laid out now four weeks ago, and then we've we've tailored over the last month and, and gotten close closer to. But this is such a fluid situation. Uh, and, and I think to try to project where we're going to be July 31st on June 15th, if we haven't learned by now, given how this has changed over the months, uh, I think it seems a little bit silly and, and definitely premature. I think that's a good point, too, is that you're going to get to watch this this ramp up. And if there is a spike up right now, you never you never want it, obviously. But if it's going to happen and you're the NBA, you'd rather have it a month and a half before you show up so you can figure out, get a better handle on on the, the response and see what the response is going to be. If the, the worst happens and there is a mm -hmm. spike while you 
are there. I we will haven't say, tested yet, right? Is that am I correct on that? The NBA players haven't been tested yet, right? Um, I believe they have. Yes, I, I don't know for sure, but I think they uh, they've been tested, and they will be tested every day too. Once they get think, to this, I think this that's process. getting ready to happen. I'm not positive there. The NFL, yeah. obviously, I mean, you just saw a whole bunch of guys test yeah. positive. I think that the NBA testing is getting ready to happen, and. And then you're going to have a whole nother week of stories that's going to be right around a month till showtime where you're going to have almost undoubtedly that's there's going to be, you know, let's let's call it a half dozen, a dozen, whatever it is, positive cases. That's true. Now, what does that do to your bubble? Yeah. yeah, but I think the one thing the NBA has going for it is that it has a great relationship with the players, you know, ostensibly. So they'll be able to work together with the players union, um, I think, hand in hand, better than any other league that I'm aware of. Right. So yep. I think that's the nice thing about having, even though there's a lot of time and I agree with you, Jack, that's a very, very brilliant point. But I do think that if any league can adapt in real time to create a solution that the players, you know, that's best for the players, it's, it's the NBA. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's fewer yep. players, which is so important. I mean, you're, you're just yeah. talking about 12 guys per team. It's, it's a whole different story. So here's Fauci guys. Fauci thinks it might work. Hey, Fauci's on board. <laughs> Dr. Fauci. So that's, um, that's good news. I thought this is kind of interesting here. Um, Adam Silver pointed this out on a special on ESPN. A lot of people pointed to the financial components of this whole thing. You know, that's what people think. Oh, they're just doing this for money. I thought it's interesting to point out that Silver is at least saying, uh, the commissioner, that it's an incremental difference at this point between playing and not playing isn't nearly as great as people think, given the enormous expense of putting it on. So I thought that was interesting. And I'm, I'm one to take Adam Silver at his word, because like you just mentioned, Corey, his leadership throughout this whole thing has been exceptional. And the executive director of the NBPA, Michelle Roberts leadership has been exceptional. And I think it just goes to show, and I want to applaud the NBA because I'm on Twitter all the time, super depressed, bashing uh, Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association, because they just can't, they can't talk like humans and, and figure out a, a way to split up the billions of dollars in revenue. Uh, that they have, especially come together in a time of crisis. I give them a whole lot of credit because I feel like they're navigating this with true leadership that we don't necessarily see uh, in a lot of walks of life right now, guys. Yeah, I mean, that's why that's why Commissioner Silver's the best. I mean, he he's the best. Yeah, he's he's the best for sure, but he's he's a long way from landing this plane. And hmm. I I think I think we're still in a, a spot right now where I mean, listen, we we have. I, if you want to put a percentage on it, maybe it's 20% of the league that's going, is this really such a good idea? Maybe it's 30% of the league that's going, is this really such a good idea? I don't think really any of us fully know. And there's probably a lot of players that are still making up their minds. I mean, this is 2020 is going to be something that's going to be in the history books and, and for a variety of reasons. And hopefully it's a real turning point for a variety of reasons in the history of our country. And, and you can understand players going, is it really in my best interest to come off, to, to change the topic, uh, to get the topic back to sports, to get the topic back to uh, can LeBron James win a championship in, in the same year when when Kobe Bryant passed away, the, the late legend from Los Angeles basketball? And I think there was a lot of probably, uh, you know, a lot of sports fans that didn't have a specific team in this fight who were really rooting for that specific storyline. I know I was one of them uh, to see LeBron James bring this one home for L.A., um, so there's a real fear that we'll get back onto those sort of narratives, right? And get off of the Black Lives Matter movement. 
uh, and get off some of the social injustice conversations that we're having. And, and I think those are those are fair things. And and as we get closer, it, it's going to be a pendulum shift. Are we either going to go to where it becomes 50 50 or 50 percent of the players decide, you know, I don't know that this research is a good idea. Or are we going to go down to where it's about 90 10 and, and we're giving players a microphone before tip off in 10 minutes. I, I think if they really press in the right areas over the next month and a half uh, in terms of giving the 10 minute microphone to where we just have a conversation, maybe it's multiple microphones. Maybe we set up yeah. shares before the game and we just, we just have it almost like a fireside chat. We just have conversations. Let's just hear. I mean, the great thing is it's a massive white audience too, right? So like uncomfortable conversations with a black man. Has anybody seen that with Emmanuel yeah. Acho? Mm-hmm. I, I just think that there's a real opportunity here uh, to where we can do it all, where we can possibly do it all. And if there's anybody to pull that off, I think it's Adam Silver. Yeah, I, I, and I think that's uh, that's a good point. Using the platform of a game um, to, to spread the message. And, and you mentioned the concern of does it does it ultimately distract and do you want the narrative to be, is, uh, is Kawhi Leonard going to step up in crucial game five in the Western Conference Finals? Do you want that to dominate the headlines? But what I would say to that is the NBA is not going to be able to control what the national discussion is because yeah, that's our baseball, baseball <laughs> could come back, right? Uh, we could be talking football, hockey could come back. And so True. there will be these discussions. And so it's not a matter of, of, uh, of, of distracting from their own discussion that they're going to have definitely a lot of competing forces out there, Corey. And this is not, and this is not the, uh, this is not like just the regular season. This is the playoffs. So when you think about what the NBA finals means, as far as, you know, how important that is in the season and, and who's going to be watching to see the, you know, can Kobe, sorry, can LeBron uh, win a championship in, you know, in Los Angeles after what happened, you know, those, everyone's going to be watching anyways. So from my perspective, I'm like, okay, this is, you know, one of the biggest platforms in the world. Had this been, you know, something like baseball where the season hasn't even started yet, then that's an entirely different conversation. But yeah. this is this is the pinnacle of the season. And you're seeing right now the Premier League, they're allowing um, the players to replace their their last names with the Black Matter, the Black Lives Matter logo. So imagine if something like, you know, the, the NBA players could do something like that, where it's not LeBron James on the back, it's Black Lives Matter. So, sure. I mean, th- there are precedents to bring crazy uh, amount of attention to this and have real conversations. And I love that idea, Jack. Could you imagine, like, Coach Popovich and LeBron having a conversation, like, you know, before a game? That would be awesome. That. <laughs> You're not going to beat that. And, and I don't know why you couldn't. I mean, shoot, if you really wanted to, you could you could have a, a, a pre-production meeting almost, if you will, with some of these meetings. So you, you could really hammer out what are the most important – if we only have 10 minutes, what are the most important – if we have 15 minutes, whatever it is – what are the most important conversation points that we can work into these 15 minutes? I mean, think about the amount of time that they're going to have uh, as a group, as, as an NBA, a co- you know, all the players, all the coaches, everybody together to think, uh, to, to come up with a plan. It just seems to me like such a, uh, such a unique opportunity, and I hope that they, yeah. they, they build off of that. With regard to Silver and with regard to him saying that it's – um, that, that there's sort of a break-even point here at some point that it's not that not a big of a financial opportunity to summer. Yeah. You just have to wonder about his nerves with regard to pretty quickly here. You're going to make a transition from NBA season to football season. And the mm-hmm. longer this waits, I mean, we're talking about July 31st. You know what happens on August 1st? <laughs> it's football season. Yeah. Yeah. It's football season every single year. And I wonder when he made that point, if that's if that's what he was hinting at to some degree. Yeah, I mean, quite quite possibly. Um, surely it's going to take a lot of money to to put this thing on, but uh, and that's why the international audience as well. 
Very true. Yeah, very true. You get broadcast feeds from all over the world. All right, guys. So those are those are some of the concerns. Those are the plans, the concerns with with jumping into that bubble. Can we uh, can we talk about the actual play here just for the last few minutes? Because yeah, do it. Be nice. Um, I think there is some concern, Corey, that this won't be a, a legitimate champion, or, or for some reason that you know you don't have the home crowd, home court advantage, that this champion won't be as significant as the Raptors or Warriors or Cavs from year, years past. I think that's not true. I almost think it might be even more special if you're able to navigate in this environment and win an NBA title. But what do you think? Will you think the NBA champion this year is a legit champ? I think this will be a great bar conversation for the next 30 years. At every <laughs> sports bar around the, the world, people are going to say, but 2020 was, that didn't actually count. You know, like who's going to be the GOAT and all this stuff. So I think from a fan's perspective and a media's perspective, like we're going to be talking about this for a long time. It's going to be endless content. From a player's perspective, a championship, in my opinion, is a championship, right? If you can beat, I mean, assuming that all the best players will opt in to play, you know, despite COVID-19 health concerns, um, then, I mean, if you can beat them and you already played the majority of the season and the only real change in the playoffs is like the eighth and ninth seeds, you know what I'm saying? That play in tournament. Other Mm -hmm. than that, it's just a normal NBA playoffs. So I think from my perspective, I'm like, and I know Michael Jordan was, it was a great thing on NBA um, TV where Adam Silver was doing an interview and he was saying that Michael Jordan was one of the loudest voices and strongest voices in this concern because they wanted to, he said, as a player, you need to make this as normal as possible. You know, you don't want to do something too crazy. Like the NHL is kind of like completely redoing their, their, their playoff system. You don't want to do anything too crazy because then it might uh, question the legitimacy of this NBA playoff. So yeah. that was his yeah. advice. That was his advice. And like, I think the NBA did the best job possible. Like everything is almost the same. So I think it's, I think it stands. Hell yeah. It's a real champion. I mean, what are we talking about here? I mean, <laughs> this is most possibly the most legitimate champion ever. Like, I, I think this is probably the most excited I've been. You're going to have fresh legs. All these guys are getting a couple of months off. They're, they're going to be fresh legs burning around this court. You're not going to have any fans. So there's not going to be any home court advantage of any kind. The 92, you know, dream team is, to me, the favorite thing. And when, when they talk about the practices for the 92 dream team, they said it was some of the best basketball that they'd ever witnessed. That, I think, is what we're about to watch. It's going to be open gym, AAU practice-type basketball. There's nobody there except for the coaches and the players and an audience of millions and millions and millions, but nobody really <laughs> thinking about them. Sort of fly-on-the-wall audience, if you will. Uh, and fresh legs like there were for the Olympics. I, I think you're going to just see see some crazy, crazy basketball. Yeah, I don't think you'll necessarily even compare them to other championships because I, I think back to baseball and what happened with Armando Galarraga. Did you guys remember that story where he was one out away from a perfect game? He had it, uh, stepped on first base, got the final out, but the umpire blew the call, missed it. His name was Jim Joyce, and it became this huge thing. It would have been a perfect game, but the umpire missed the call, and now it's one of the most infamous games ever probably more popular than some actual perfect games because it was just so unique and so different and the drama of it all. And so I think there has that opportunity. The NBA has that opportunity. Whoever is the champion, we're going to remember this maybe more than who won it three, (laughs) four, five, ten years ago. Um, Corey, I'm curious. Your dad won the championship in 99. That was a 50-game season. Does he feel like that's a legitimate title? Hey, I mean, like I said, I think a ring's a ring. <laughs> I, I I can call him right He's now. He's arguing that. I mean, I, I think yeah, but I I know there was like I think some people were saying like I remember 
watching on like Instagram that some players were like, yeah, but Tim had, you know, five championships or whatever, but the first one was a lockout season. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? A ring's a ring from my perspective. I didn't even, I didn't even know. I didn't even know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the 1950s, what was a lockout? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, this is the 1999 1999, uh, 50 game season. Yeah. Oh, 50 game season. That's what I meant. It's like, yeah. I've never, I've never, I've never uh, considered it legitimate, though. Corey, I've never, I've always discounted it. No. (laughs) And you're you're waiting to tell me this now? Like, I'm just just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. And I would never say that around your dad because he's very intimidating and he could crush me with his uh, pinky finger. All right. So before we go, let's do uh let's do predictions. Let's see who do we think could win? Who are we calling if they can do this and it's safe and the players show up and most of them play? You said they're all gonna be a hundred percent healthy, Jack, but I contend maybe they're gonna show up 20 pounds overweight because we all gained weight in quarantine for the most part. <laughs> um, but what do you think? We got uh the Clippers, we got Giannis and the Bucks, they're playing, they're running away within the east. Then you got uh, the Lakers with LeBron and that that uh, two-headed monster of Anthony Davis and, and LeBron. So, Corey, I'll let you go first. If they can do this, who are you picking to win the whole thing? Man, the Lakers looked so good at the end of the season. Um, they were really hitting their stride, and they looked so dangerous. They were playing championship-level ball. But um, I, I really want Giannis to win – because oh. I mean, you think about Milwaukee the past couple of years, which has been they've been playing at such a high level, um, but they haven't been able to put the pieces together at you know at the Eastern Conference level. You know, level. So I wish that they can just like after coming off a great season last year, a great season this year, Giannis is playing MVP level basketball. Um, I hope they can do it this year. I would love to see them win. Yeah, that's a good that's a good solid team. They got a lot of good players, but Giannis oh, yeah. overshadows them. Jack, who are you taking? You know, I'm still going with the Lakers and for a lot of the same reasons Corey just mentioned, but very bummed about the fact that this would have been one of the most powerful home court advantage presses, pushes to a championship that you could ever have imagined. And and can you imagine the Lakers winning this championship on that court out there in Los Angeles? I mean, you just there's there's no way that you could ever replace the power of what that would have been. Uh, and what that would have meant to the city of Los Angeles. Um, but if they can still somehow figure out a way to, to with whatever this this final push to the championship becomes or looks like um, within this bubble, if they can still figure out a way to do it, I think it will mean it'll mean a, a whole lot. Not only not only only to that L.A. community, but across the country, I think it'll mean a lot to a lot of people. And and for that reason alone, I think you're going to see a different different form of LeBron James and a different level of Anthony Davis. And and my guess is they're the toughest team to beat coming down the stretch. They've yeah, got yeah, their their window, Corey, is probably smaller than a lot of other teams out there too, because LeBron's obviously mid thirties. That's not necessarily a young team, so this might be one of their last true chances, Corey. Yeah, and, and I think that the Lakers actually probably have an advantage. Only, in, I mean, I would say in the off season, the hiatus. If you have three months off, and I've been thinking about this, like mm-hmm. if you have three months off in this hiatus. Mm-hmm. Um, your veteran leadership is going to step up and t- like tell the young guys how to take care of themselves to make sure they don't gain 20 pounds. You know, like, what are you doing workout wise? How are you getting shots up? Um, and I feel like if my money's on anybody to bring a team together when everyone's kind of confused and unsure and uncertain, it's got to be LeBron. LeBron's probably right, the only yeah. person in the world 
who can make people feel comfortable and certain about where they're going, where the team's going to go, and is basketball coming back. But regardless of what happens, we're going to be in shape. We're going to be ready. We're going to be championship caliber. Um, that's what I think LeBron brings that I don't necessarily think the Bucks have just because they don't have LeBron James. So yeah. that's yeah. like the huge advantage in my mind that, that makes Los Angeles such a tough, tough team. Well, and, and we know too, old, fresh legs. Yeah. Well, and we know too, Jack, that if they if they do gain twenty pounds, LeBron will trade them. They will be <laughs> traded from the team. They won't even play, and so you know. <laughs> so yeah, it's just like they won't even be on the team there. But yeah, you're right. 35, 35 years old. He's he wants another championship. I think a lot of people. I would I wouldn't mind seeing the Lakers win, but since you guys went Bucks and Lakers. I'm going to go Clippers. You got a healthy Kawhi Leonard. They've had all this time off. You got a healthy Paul George. You got a pest in Patrick Beverly. You got the steady leadership that you guys just mentioned from Doc Rivers. I'm just going to go Clippers just to just to be different from you guys. <laughs> you can never sleep on Kawhi. That guy is a monster. Don't sleep on Kawhi. <laughs> yep. Back to back for Kawhi. All right, guys. I think we uh, we've exhausted. That's everything. We we basically discussed everything to. Uh, to uh, be discussed with the NBA restart. Any any final thoughts? Anything you couldn't get out that's still uh, lingering in your brains out there? Here's here's the craziest one for me. Think about that the season is going to then start in December. So yeah. if this thing yeah. finishes the yeah. right there mid to late October, and they're going to restart the season again in December. So, I mean, I for LeBron at 35 years old to have, then he's going to have a month off and right back into another season. I mean, it's going to yeah. be – it's going to be a lot for these players. And, and as you think, as everyone's making this decision over the next month and a half, make no mistake, all of those things are going to be lingering in the back of their minds. I hope mm. that they took advantage of this sort of quarantine offseason because from what I understand and from what I'm hearing, it's going to be the only offseason they're going to get a chance to have. Yeah, and remember, only the, the basically the top teams who go far in the playoffs will have that issue. You know, mm, like true. I feel like mo most of the teams are yeah. going to be sent home by, you know, like August. So they're going to yep. have a couple months to get ready. But, yeah, that's going to be tough. Yeah. The best and players, could, best teams, loudest voices, too. And could could have the opposite problem for some of the teams that were not invited, the eight teams that are not going into the bubble. you got yep. some young players there who are going to be not playing basketball with their teammates for a lot of months in a row, and so that could give uh, some issues there as well. True. Guys, good discussion. As always, that is all things NBA restart for Corey and Jack. I'm Ahmed. We're out. We'll see you next time.